Blog Talk Radio. Hey, what's happening? This is Tommy Bottles, Mr. Educated Dexter One on One, and I'm listening to Genesis Poetic High Open Mic with Radio Rail on OG Radio. Don't forget to come and pick up your Dancing. Yeah, you can't tell. Y'all can tell I love you. Love. Yeah, tell me what's on your mind. Elvis and Kylie Rankin talking about love. Busting. Your love is like the ocean, and I am like the sand. Responding to your power, a safe place for you to stand. But when the undercurrents come. And pull you out to sea I'm left with shells The slippery rocks Where you used to be And when the sun Comes beating down And burns my body dry It's hard to wait Until the tide To quench my thirst so I cry. So like love. I baby. cry. Good feeling. I cry. Good cry. And then at last, the sun goes down. Not choking. Oh. 
top of my head I bust freestyle to stand Of memories of the time when I was free Female refugee That's the way it would be Me and Kali Free to do the things we know At the refugee show about to do the dance hall Until we had a great fall And that was all Man and no man Through nature's plan Together as one From What's beginning to, be? to end Definitely meant to be Get no one Only Jaja Know how far I can do it better though. Yeah, hey. Mm. Floating in the bucket. Rhyme around the city, paranoid and getting busted. Cause I know this weed must have ended up smoking like a bad exhaust. Fuck all the repercussions, nigga. Got the brain cells buzzing, open up the pineal gland, having some deep discussions. Bad vibes, I keep on running cause it's black tourmaline on my body, say you can't touch me, nigga. Tunnel vision, high block of my. Can't hear the shit that they talk about. Since a million, keep it in large amounts. Windows down, blowing the fog it out when the hawk is out. Whichever way the breeze blowing, we finna have some weed going. Yeah, cause shit is crazy nowadays. Roll one and watch the world go up in flames. Baby, won't you smoke one with me? Hey, won't you smoke one with me? Stop playing, smoke one with me. Don't be scared, smoke one with me. Hey, hey. Different levels, different strains. Dabs and wax a different game. The oils use so many ways. This shit is healing. How they lock niggas up for so many days. Yeah, they pass their laws and grow their fears on them. Plans been curing shit for years, homie yeah. Epilepsy and cancer, this shit is real They know the truth, it's all about extermination And dollar bills, homie hey. We gon' say that for another time, another time. I'm just trying to roll another dime I know the plug until he on the line Play the music so loud until it conducts a rhyme Yeah, hey Shit, I'm just trying to smoke, baby I just wanna smoke, smoke, smoke Yeah, Cause shit is crazy nowadays Roll one and watch the world go up in flames Baby, won't you smoke one with me? Hey, won't you smoke one with me? Stop playing, smoke one with me Don't be scared, smoke one with me Hey, hey What's up, what's up, everybody? It's your girl, I am Genesis. That was PBD Gray, Smoke One, one of my favorite songs. Um, thanks for coming in tonight at Poetica presents Puffin Poetry. Well, not Puffin Poetry, but, you know, the Puffin Poetry is a, a separate entity when we have a lot of different shows um, that pop up and show up throughout the city of Chicago. 
Um, so one day you guys are going to have to come out and do some poetry with us and smoke some with us. So, But I have a treat for you guys tonight. So we got a few new poets. Happy New Year. Again, Happy New Year. Um, um, this is the first show on OG Radio for the year so far. So I just wanted to come in here for Puffin Poetry, um, Poetic High, let you guys know we got some great things coming this year. And we're still working on a few different things that's going on. So I got a poet that's coming on, pre-recorded. Her name is Chitteru. She's been on the show prior. Um, we have one of her poems on here. So you guys go listen up. Hello, I am Genesis and Poetic. Hi, family. This is Chitteru calling in from Nigeria. Okay, so I will be doing two poems. Um, First, I will be doing a poem titled, Love is the Answer. Now, this poem was inspired based on the happenings in my country and the world at large, where everyone or most persons got to settle for crime. Like, they, they felt like crime was now a normal occurrence. People were okay with crime. People were okay with racism. People were okay with rape. I was really bitter about the whole thing. And then I thought, even though these people knew that when things are done from the standpoint of love, then we wouldn't hurt others. Because love doesn't hurt. Because love doesn't cause pain. Because love doesn't cheat. So, I wrote this poem to basically let everyone know that when you do things from the standpoint of love, then the world would be a happy place once again. So please listen, because love is the answer. Adam, breathe. You're troubling your little head to know why people were dancing to this song called brutality. Why fellows jump on fruit in water and then cry when it's stuck in their throats, why racism has replaced unity and why the words of our supposed representatives are sickle as promises in the mouth of a corn artist. Adam, breathe. Finding the why won't draw the curtains, go down things or ease your buttons, but doing the love thing will save us all from all this. At your creation, your noses felt the breath of love and you were predestined to be love and love. Cause yeah, love is a person and it is you. Love is an action word and it is living, meaning every breath you release should be wrapped in love until the air is love filled that hate can stand it, man. Woman. See, I know there are many fishes in the sea. Yes, I know there are many fishes in the sea, but it's time you ignore them and go hooked with love, because love is the answer, and the answer is love. So Adam, breathe. Thank you very much. All right, now the second poem is titled Abba. Abba means father. This poem was written at a point in my life when I felt really down. I was sad based on the happenings. I lost my dad and a lot of things, but I just couldn't get a lot of things out of my head. And I was angry that God let so many bad things happen to me, happen to those around me. I was wondering why bad things happen to good people. And then we see bad people roam the streets, healthy and strong, whereas good people are dying, they're falling sick, they don't have money. But then he made a lot of things clear to me, so I put it down in writing. Yeah, listen. One would think Abba means father, when Abba metaphorically means anger. 
Words like forsaken, rejected, and bitter are too easy and borderline lazy to describe how you make me feel. You brought me out from the miry clay and dropped me into a mighty horrible pit. I must say I trusted you. I trusted you, God, hence I was too blind to see that your love was all a fallacy. They say you've got time and season in your hands. I get that's why you turn lost wife into another ingredient. They say you were God all by yourself, so you went about destroying cities. Causing floods was yet another series with episodes of sickness and pain. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous ones seem to it, and they are saved. Oh, please. The name of the Lord might be your strong tower, but just those he wants to be saved are saved. Otherwise, tell me what happened in that room when I called on you. I begged you to give him yet another chance and breathe on him the breath of life. But you, you molded my words like a box of clenched fists and punched me right on the face. Yet you say this is just a face that would pass. How long would you sneak up on me to take the ones I love the most? How long would you sneak up on me to take the ones I love the most? How long would you be the father of all while she remains the mother of none? How long would you be called a faithful God whereas your faithful servant faithfully go on bended knees with no response? How long would you ask us to cast our burdens on you yet to give us a weight mightier than the cross? The cross you asked us to look to, the cross you asked us to run to, the cross you said you bore for me, the cross is on my shoulder. And the weight is heavier, the weight is heavier than peace. Be still. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am in you. For you are my home and nothing can change that. I do not go back on my words. And my word in Romans 8 verse 39 says nothing can separate you from my love. Yes, Romans 8 verse 39, Romans 8 verse 3, 9. For just like 3 is the square root of 9, so are you mine. Yes, 3 and 9, 3 plus 9 equals 12. Twelve disciples decided me at the cross. Three and nine, thirty-nine for your sake. I took thirty-nine lashes. Even when I bled through my veins and arteries. Now tell me what manner of love can match this. See, I am not that uncool that runs away when things are uncool. Rather, I go through the process with you. I cry when you cry and smile when you smile. Even when challenges rose like the billowing sword at the sea. With the wind tossing you here and there, I was there. I never left. You said, I am the father of none, while your sister remains the mother of none. <laughs> well, what if she got pregnant and you lost both your sister and the baby? Oh, my baby, listen, I've got everything under control. So please just come to tempt with me that I am the key and with me there is no more damages. I said, come to tempt with me that I am the key and with me there is no more damages. Because what you see are scarping holes are my openings for me to pour myself into you. You? Are mine and I am yours. And ever since the Genesis, when I spoke you all into life, numbered you and told you that when things begin to crash like the economy, just call on me like Moses did in Deuteronomy. And I will raise a Joshua to lead you to the land that flows with so much meek and honey. 
Do not get scared because I won't judge you. I'm not one of your judges. I am Abba, your father who loves you regardless. Hence, I will anoint you better than Samuel did to Saul and set you above kings that in generations to come, your name would still stand. Rather than the lamentations, just mark my words and look at the finished work on the cross. For the cross bears it all. Stop trying to assist, for I insist that all you should do is love me and keep my words close to your heart. I will pick up the phone even before you call because you are the apple of my iPhone. So play the harps and sing the Samsung for I tell you that's the way to enjoy this infinite love I have for you. You said Abba metaphorically means anger. Well, I'm sure there's a conviction in your heart that Abba means Father. Yes, a loving Father. I love you with a sincere love and all I do, I do with you in mind. So when next you ask who is your daddy, you say Abba is mine. So who is your daddy? Abba is mine. Thank you very much. so much um i love chitaru she is currently out of country she is in africa um so it's a different time zone over there but she was so kind to pre-record some of her work for us um if you guys go check her out on chitaru on instagram as well as facebook um she has a whatsapp if you want more information about that particular poet please contact me or Radio Rail, who is currently not on the show tonight. Um, but we're not going to miss a beat. We have our first poet calling in tonight, so please listen in. What's up, poet? Hello, hello. Hello, you talking to me? Yes, poet. Is this poet? Hello? hello? Yeah, oh, you talking who, to me? Which poet's on Yes. Oh, yeah, this is Orion. Hey, Orion, how you doing you? tonight? Yes. I'm well, I'm well. I'm good, well, I'm good. I didn't know if you were talking to me or if I was just listening, so I just wanted to make sure. Oh, no, we talking to you. We just hey, say, hey, Paul, because we don't know who uh, number is uh, calling into the show. We see okay. the number, and then we just click to see who's... Um, who the new poet is calling in. We got a few more calling in after you. So how you doing okay. tonight? All right, yeah. I'm well, I'm well. I thought I was late, actually. No, you're right on time. You're right on time. So what do you um, – okay. so everybody, this is O'Brien. This is his stage name. That's how I met him. I met him at the last Puffin Poetry show um, in October, but he still really knew – to um, Poetikai and Puffin Poetry because I think he's only been on the show maybe one other time at the end of the towards the end of the year of 2022 and it's nice to have like fresh new poets come in um, that we're not familiar with we of course we have poetic um, usuals that come on the show pretty often but he's like a new member so you know um, let him um, get on here and speak his truth and hang out with us for the night. So what what new poems do you have? You already know the rules, right? What's the rules? Just refreshing okay, so my the rules memory. is 
So you have to give us a reason or the reason that you wrote this particular piece and give us, like, after the end of the year, two pieces, then you're going to give us a gem about, you know, um, life changes, um, things that you can do to gain abundance, prosperity, you know, something that will be beneficial to somebody that may be in need of some great advice when they're currently going through maybe a stressful time in their journey. Okay. Uh, Let me see then. Let me see. Let me see. I might read out of my book. I might read this okay. out of my book. Uh, well, let's give everybody the title of your book. So this and where book they can here find entitled, it. It's entitled uh, Inside the Box. It's yes, I have that book actually. It's actually pretty good. Um, I started reading it. Um yeah, he got some great pieces in there. All right. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. So you ready? Yeah, we're ready. All right. This is entitled Apollos. Each day, the memories of past transgressions eat away at my conscience. Because deep in my soul, I know, I know that the pain and ill feelings you have were caused by me. And the wounds are much deeper than the eyes can see. So I apologize for all the times when I knew damn well I was wrong, yet still carried on with my selfish behavior. And even the times when I rationalized that my actions would justify a need to be atoned for, maybe even more. See, I want you to understand that I'm trying. Understand that I'm trying to say what at one time I couldn't. I wouldn't because of my pride. But now that the truth has unfolded itself to me in such a way that I cannot hide, I am forced to face the reality of the ugly truth that's living inside. Let me apologize ahead of time just in case somewhere in my mind this act of contrition was deceiving, self-seeking, meaning that it's possible that somehow this appeal for forgiveness is really an egocentric act. Less about you and more about me trying to find a way to get rid of these guilty feelings. And that in itself is something that needs deeper introspection. I hope that's not the case. And in light of that being a possibility, there are still steps that I have to take to make things not perfect or right, but at least better. Because I don't want either of us to have to live within this negative space that my unwise choice has created forever. But you and I know that words mean both everything and nothing. So the bottom line is I apologize for all the times I burden you with this painful feeling. And I hope that you are willing to open the door to your heart, to wholeheartedly. Trust me once more. And that's the form. Okay, so I'm going to assume that you were in a breakup or this is about a relationship of that particular piece. Am I right? Okay. All right. So it is about a relationship, but I will Ooh, tell you okay, the story. I got it. I got it. So, but listen, so I, I wrote poems, uh, and uh, I actually had written a poem for a guy his mother had passed, you know, because I used to, I was incarcerated, and I used to be on the yard, and sometimes I'd be writing poems and things like that. Uh, I'd be reciting them. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, this one guy, he came to me, he was like, hey, you know, I, I, I heard you, I heard some of your stuff. He was like, I'll pay you to write a poem for me. 
He's like, I, I want it. I, I, I need a poem for my baby mama. So I said, okay, what, what, what's going on? What do you do? So then he broke it down to me. I said, I need you to write out, uh, you know, a little bit about what's going on and then what is your goal? And I went and wrote the poem. And what was his goal? I mean, like, obviously, I guess to, like, uh, apologize, maybe reconcile, whatever, you know. Uh, oh, that's, so I, I wrote that's it. nice. Yeah, yeah. That's nice. that's nice. I'm real mushy for stuff like that. I guess I'm a hopeless romantic. But I think that was a beautiful piece. I feel like you um, grasping that he needed to say in that particular piece, I really enjoyed it. I felt like it would reach a lot of people in um, similar situations. That's why I was like, oh, it sounds like a breakup. Like somebody's coming back and trying to redeem themselves and be like, yeah, you know, I messed up. I'm sorry. I never knew a love like this before. Something to that effect. It just it just gives that yeah. feel-good feeling. So you say yeah. that you were incarcerated yeah, yeah, and that's what the book Inside the Box is about, uh, basically, you know, talking about my experience in there. Uh, that's, yeah, so most of the book is uh, about that or, or in some form okay. or fashion or even just thoughts that I might have had while I was in it. So how long were you incarcerated for, for anybody out there listening, maybe in the same situation or getting out right now? Oh, man. A very long time. I'll just say that. A long (laughs) time. A long time. So with you being incarcerated, Hmm? um, how long have you been out? Um, So uh, February 22nd of 2021, I got out. Okay, so it'll be two years coming up. Yeah, yeah. Oh wow! Congratulations, congratulations on yeah. that. How do you, how did you adjust um, coming out? I know that you, you know, with poetry, I'm sure it helped you. Is with you being incarcerated, was that how you found poetry, or was it before yeah, you were um, incarcerated? Yeah, somewhat. Some, some just to get you. Uh, you know, when I went in, I was 19 years old. So I'll just say that. I was 19 when I went in. Just turned 19 well, when I went in, when I got locked up. So that kind of gives you a timeline. That's why I say it was a long time. Uh, so the adjustment, yeah, it was it was, it was hard. Um, you know, basically you come into a, 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 a new, a new world. Everything is different to you. Uh, you know, you're different. Uh, a lot of your friends or people that you associated with, in my case, I, I had really like stopped communicating with the people that I was hanging out with. Not that they did anything to me or anything like that. It's just that I didn't, um, I didn't feel like I wanted to, you know, continue having those relationships. Uh, right. And then even when there were times that, you know, some people would reach out to me and, 
it was just a distance regardless. Like if a person were to like write me a letter and I write them back and it was just like, I was somewhere else. They were, you know, my thinking was different. Uh, we were just on different frequencies and, and, I, and even still now, I, I mean, I, there are a few of my former, uh, associates that I will talk to. Uh, I've seen them sometimes might go out here and there, but there's just a distance. You know, they, they changed, I changed. So uh, coming home, that's how it was for me is basically coming, imagine being a foreigner. It's almost like being a foreigner is just that uh, everybody in the foreign land speaks the same language. Other than that, it's right. like being in a foreign land almost. Oh, wow. So If I could use that in that I mean, that makes perfect sense. I mean, I've been across to different countries, and then you are spoiled because you're, you know, speak English. Well, I speak two languages. But when you go to different countries, like, you know, Japan or Germany, and they speak a different language, you're so accustomed to what you're used to, and then you expect everybody else to be the same. But it's definitely different. I yeah. see that analogy being used. Well, it's great that you are at home and you are – um, helping the community, he he does a lot of, you know, uh, I believe volunteer work and um, mentorship. Um, I know I I've heard you much about different work. things. I don't do, I don't do as much volunteer work. Actually, um, you know, like some like so some people think even though they do, we do have volunteers there. But like with the Institute for Nonviolence Chicago, that's my job. I'm, I'm employed there. That's where I work. Uh, and even with the other organization, um, ILCHEP, the Illinois Coalition for Higher Education in Prisons out of Adler University, I worked there for them. Uh, I helped them with event planning. When they asked about, uh, uh, you know, insight on education in prisons and stuff like that, because while I was incarcerated, I was going to school. So, I, you know, I got a little insight about how the prisons are run. So they, the, the people out here, you know, they don't know. They're they're on the outside right. looking in. So they they coming in, and even though they might come in there and to teach or things like things like that, I can get them a different perspective on certain things that go on in the prisons and how um, the barriers that are there when they're going in there trying to set up academic programs and things like that. So, you know, I I do work for them. Um, And then FIST, because we got two organizations out of Northeastern Illinois University. I'm the president of FIST, which is formerly incarcerated standing together. Uh, So I guess you could call that volunteer maybe, uh, but I'm, I'm still a student, so. I kind of like I'm, it ain't all free, right? Because I I get the benefits of, of being a student there and other things that go on. So it's not really volunteer work, but yeah, I do okay. work with a lot of organizations that do work in the community and in the prison system and stuff like that. Okay, well that's amazing. Regardless, um, that you spend. You mean, that you're into that, like, especially since you um, know how it works because you've actually been in there. 
and experienced it. It's better to come from somebody that's experienced with it than somebody that's just talking um, about it because you actually know what goes in um, into having to live there for a numerous amount of time. I know currently my stepbrother is incarcerated, and he's um, he's in Cook County. He's been there for almost 10 years, or it'll be 10 years next month. Um, yeah. And he still hasn't won a trial yet, so... Wow, yeah. wow. You know, um, no, no, finish. Go ahead, finish. No, he, he still hasn't went to trial yet. And, you know, he periodically calls me sometimes, and I just keep asking him, like, you know, just get it over with and go to trial. But he just was saying that they were offering him, like, 30, and he's not trying to take that. And I was just like, well, sh- you've already been in there 10 years. Like, you continuously waiting. What is that going to do? Like, <laughs> You need yeah, to go yeah, have a speedy yeah. trial and get it out the way. Mm-hmm. I don't know what what he's doing or what's going on in there because I'm not in there. I just go by what he says. Right, yeah. And, I mean, I know some people that have done almost that much time. Uh, I mean, that's excessive for the county jail, but I did know some people like that. Uh, it is variable. You can never, just like even with myself, I'll say this, even with myself, uh, I had gotten to a point to where there were times, and, and a lot of the stuff that I wrote, I wrote while I was in solitary confinement. And uh, segregation, you know, the whole different terms that, that, that I use. But I found that there were times when I would prefer to be in solitary confinement. I had time to myself because if you can just imagine – basically living in your bathroom with another person, right? Uh, that's your, your yeah. room, basically, the smell of a bathroom. So it's like being in, in, a, in a space with a person that's a stranger or just anybody in a closed-up space like that for so long. Like, I, I prefer time, at times to go to solitary confinement, so I would actually catch infractions just so that they will put me in solitary confinement. And <laughs> the irony is that uh, once they figured out, it was like, you like going there. So then they would try to not send me there because they were like, they're, they're big on, you know, it's just a mind game with them. And so they feel like they can use that as punishment, right? But then here's a guy that's like, well, no, I like that. I prefer that. So now they're like, well, fuck, we can't. That they, they kills that. that option. Of, right, you know. And, but so yeah. I say that to say that his situation, he may be comfortable there anyway. If, I mean, not that he wants to be incarcerated at all, but being there for a while and he, he knows that situation, he understands the environment, probably knows the staff there and all that. While I'm fighting this, I'd rather be in the most comfortable or familiar situation under the circumstances. I'm just saying that could be it, too. Well, see, I'm learning you know. something because I was like, come on now, you know, you just waiting on time. Like, you sitting on your hands, you get to get the moving. So, you know, I don't yeah, know because I'm ever, not in this situation. Has he ever been to prison? No. No, that's the unknown, right? I know what the county looks like. I don't know what – I'm just saying, that might not be, but I'm just throwing things out there. I know this. I don't know what's down there. 
And like I said, being in a place for so long, he 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 understands that he probably had to rapport with some of those staff members and stuff like that. Just guessing that could be the situation. I know this. I'm familiar with this. I don't know that. So just throwing some stuff out there, like when you with, with uh, people that are in situations like that, that yeah. that's a possibility. I've seen that. I've seen people like that. So while while you were incarcerated, did they have like poetry shows or spoken word or? You know, what did you, how did you collect yourself with the poetry scene? Or was it seen like, you know, something that you shouldn't be doing in the prison to other people? Or they enjoyed it as your craft? Were you very open about it? Or no, you just kind of like your own little thing? Okay, so, you know, every prison is different, right? And then you got different security levels. Uh, So with that being said... Now, if, if you know, to me, rap is poetry. So they used to have uh, guys, they would have rap battles on the yard. Uh, or sometimes in the cell, you know, it would be quiet at night and guys, they would battle, you know, they would, or they would just say their raps. Uh, so that used to go on. Not a lot of people, even though there are some guys that write poetry, but they don't get out like how people do out here, you know, with it. You you have to find people, and they might just sit down and like, yeah, I like to write this, I like to write that, or whatever. But um, so that's you can't really say there's a poetry community. Now, what I can say is, uh, I used to go to events. Sometimes I would be in programs, and. I would write certain things. I would write poems or whatever that were pertinent to whatever might be going on in our class or or that program. I did. They did have a creative writing class, though, and I took it was a college level course, and I had an instructor who had a master's in fine arts. Uh, so I was able to do that for a while, and. So then what happened was I ended up, to make a long story short, they had the substance abuse program, and I got in it just, you know, just to get, for one to have movement to get out of the cell and uh, just to, like, see how I could what how I could take advantage of my environment. And the only way you could do that is by getting out of your cell, seeing what's going on. And once I got I became a part of that. Uh, they had an event there where they were – uh, it was like a one-year something that they had going on for substance abuse, and I went and I wrote a poem about substance abuse. And then after that, I kind of okay. like got everybody's attention. You know, I, then the class was like an hour and a half, so it had gotten to a point to where like the first 20 minutes to 25 minutes was like I basically ran it, and I could have like people who I had encouraged people to start writing, you know, writing their thoughts or if, writing a poem or if you had anything creative then they would the first 25 minutes of the 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 session was about you know creative creativity creative expression so you know i had that then they have contests right they have like essay contests uh poetry contests for black history month hispanic heritage month so i would get inv- i would win those you know uh, cuz i was like one of the only 
real poets there. Like, you know, there were guys that, but I went to school for poetry. You know, I taught myself, first of all, and then, and, and, and just, to, just to give you a quick background on that, I was rapping on the yard. A guy came to me. He said, hey, man, you, I think you'd be good writing poetry. And then two days later, a guy came, and he just asked me out the blue, hey, I, I, I got this girl. I'm trying to impress. You think you could write a poem for me? So I took that as a sign, like, okay, two people in three days coming to me talking about some poetry. So I went, uh, anything that I do, I try to take it, you know, I want to take it seriously if I'm going to do it. So I went to the library, and I got books, uh, anthologies on poetry. I got Shakespeare, T.S. Eliot, you know, stuff, uh, Robert Frost, stuff like that, and Edgar Allan Poe. And I started studying it intensely, and that was the beginning of my, you know, writing as a poet. And then some years later, I ended up taking the the, uh, the college uh, level course uh, for poetry, creative writing, just to make a long story short. Okay. Well, do you have another poem for us for tonight? Yeah, yeah, I'll say another one. I'll say another one. Uh, this one is called Life, and and okay. and uh, this one I'm, I I want to say, yeah, I'm just gonna say this one. It's called Life. Uh, perhaps the and and before and, and after I say it, I would just want you to guess where it came <laughs> from, why I wrote it. I'm just gonna. So anyway, Life. Perhaps the eye is the portal to a space between the spaces wherein is stored the collective memory of the ages. Information transmitted through the microwave radiation that traces us back to the very birth of the universe. And each cell tells the story of evolution from the prokaryotic existence in the primordial soup of the seas. And at the subtle depths attuned to the sun's magnetic field like the bees, and the senses can perceive the secret dialogue whispered amongst the flowers and trees while the mountains and streams sing their sacred songs like the oracles in Australia, the aboriginal dream. And we can hear, like Pythagoras, the music of the spheres, as the planets and stars, anachromatic epics of heroes and gods, and how our chromosomes travel from Venus and Mars to this third rock where X met Y, and the two embraced in the spiral and staircase. And perhaps the lines etched in our palms are cryptic inscriptions of our path on this plane. If the days of future past run through the blood that flows through our veins. And the magnetic force brings us to this present in time. Giving us a presence of mind. Entwined in quantum entanglement induced by rapturous inundations of the neurochemistry in our brains. Wherein is the vital spark animating the cosmic pulse. Of which sages for centuries have tried to explain. So try to give it a name. An effort to define it. And for me, I just call it life. Okay. So my guess for this particular poem is going to be um, you're just trying to figure out life and what it's about. I'm assuming. <laughs> okay, okay. So I'm going to tell you. <laughs> So, uh, so I had uh, I had to have surgery on my eye, my right eye, uh, and my surgeon 
was this real pretty lady, right? So I liked her. So I wrote that poem, and and I knew that like okay, um, she know a lot about science and shit. So I said I'm gonna write a poem to her, but I wanted to I want to use things that's gonna where it's just not straight out. Hey, you know I'm I like you or whatever the case may be. So I wanted to throw some science uh, 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 things in there. You know, biology, physiology, you got to study all that type of stuff and know about things like that when you're doing that type of work. So I was using that, and I wrote all of that in there to, like, I'm alluding to it, but I also wanted it to be on, you know, a higher level, but things that she would recognize. Oh, wow. So, okay. So did you read it to her? So let me tell you, and it was so funny, right? So, <laughs> uh, so anyway, um, and, and so one time, uh, and I was coming back. So, cause you got to be escorted by the guards and all that. So the guard was like, man, yo, uh, yo doctor hot, man. Right, so I was laughing and stuff. Right, so then you know I went back and I thought about it, and I was like, man, I'm gonna try to write a poem. Now you know it's illegal. You ain't supposed to be doing none of that type of stuff, you know. But what was funny was yeah, he kind of caught on, right? That I was trying to, you know, come up. So he was trying to like he was like helping me actually. You know, he he saw it. He was like uh, trying to you know help me, you know, because uh, I was my I actually had my book. Before I got it published, I had some of my stuff on the website. So I was like, yeah, check my website now and all that. Uh, just really trying to test the waters and all that. I was handcuffed, so it was hard for me to write certain stuff down. So he was just helping me because he saw, like, oh, yeah, he's trying to come up. So big up to him. I ain't going to say his name, but big up to him for trying to help me. But so what happened was um, she was a student at the time. Uh and I was like basically her finals, you know, like the, the the surgery. I guess she got her, you know, her grade based on the surgery that she uh, performed on me. And so when I went back after, because you know they checking you out to see, you know, the work or whatever, see if if something happened to you, you need you know more surgery or whatever the case may be. So when I went back, I had the poem. I went. And I was going to, you know, slide it to her. And then I find out uh, some other doctor walked in. I'm like, who the hell are you? Where my doctor at? You know, oh, uh, yeah, um, she's uh, she's uh, a friend of mine, and she graduated. But uh, I see her sometimes, and I tell her she wanted, you know, you know uh, how to work. Well, I was mad. I didn't even want to hear nothing else. I wanted to kick the lady out. Oh, and get the fuck out of yeah, so I didn't ever get a chance to even get it. So, yeah, but that's the story behind that. Well, thank you so much for um, coming on here with us tonight. I really appreciate you. I know I'm going to be seeing you at the next Puffin Poetry Show, hopefully. Um, can you let everybody know where they can find you, um, your book, also, like, your platform? I was actually on his platform yesterday, which was absolutely pretty amazing. We just couldn't curse on there. On my platform, you can curse. But he did teach me something, so I always have a backup plan for a different pool yeah. without any cuss words in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
you got to have one for church. You got to have one for school. You know what I'm saying? You got to have some for everywhere you go, you know, because you don't want to be excluded. So you want as many people to to be, because you can go, you know, you've got people in the church. They go to church and they worship, but then they might, they might go somewhere else, though. They might, you got some people that go to church to smoke weed. You got some people that go to church to go to the strip club, right? So that person might hit you, oh, okay. They know that it's a, that, you know, that was a, they listening to your talent. And so it's like, okay, that might have been a poem that wasn't explicit or anything like that, but that was nice. You know, so always have something for anywhere that you can go. So then people can see your talent and you never know what that might lead to. Yeah. So, uh, uh, Orion Uh, Meadows. How what you were saying? I was just saying, go ahead with your Instagram and your. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you could find me on Instagram, uh, Orion, O-R-I-O-N underscore metals, M-E-A. D O W S uh underscore Orion underscore metals underscore on Instagram and then uh my book is uh one I ha- actually had three publications. The one that I read out of earlier, that first poem apology, is out of inside the box. Uh my other my second publication is entitled Birthmark. And then the third one is entitled The Road That Grew Through the Barbed Wire and that consists of poetry and art art that I had uh, uh, obtained from people who were incarcerated with me. I had paid them uh, for art they did, and I also commissioned them with certain projects. Uh, so you can find that in there. And if you see me, most a lot of times I have them on me and sell them myself. But if not, if you can't, if you can't uh, uh, get in contact with me, then you can also purchase them on Amazon. And my name, I'm on Facebook as well. Okay. Well, thank you so much for showing up. We're about to call um, the next poet in. Um, So if you want to stay on the line, you can to listen to the next poet, or you can just hang up and just listen to us on that uh, link that I had sent. Yeah, uh, yeah, I better go to bed. I, I better not do what I did yesterday. <laughs> I know, right? I was yeah, I better not do okay. that today. But I will listen to it, and uh, shout out to all the poets out there. Uh, and also, this Friday, I want to just say this, uh, not, not tomorrow, but next Friday, which would be the 13th, I believe, I'll be featured at uh, Hot Sauce Poetry. And, oh, yeah. um, yeah, I'll be the feature there. And the location this time will be at 8200 South Stony Island. So go on Hot Sauce Poetry, you, their Facebook and their Instagram, they, they got it posted. And then I'm going to also be uh, promoting it on my Instagram and Facebook pages as well. Okay, cool. I'll make sure that I uh, try to stop in and, Check you out next Friday um, at the Hot Sauce Poetry. They also have it on Roku and OMTV, so definitely probably be on there as well. Okay, and one more thing, 
One yeah. last thing, the Institute of Nonviolence Chicago, uh, so we're based on Dr. Martin Luther King's philosophy of nonviolence. And so uh, on Martin Luther King, on the holiday, on the 16th, we're going to have an event at one at our main site, which is located at 819 North Leamington Avenue from 10 to 1. And we'll be talking about our, uh, we'll be honoring Dr. King, but we'll also be talking about our philosophy of nonviolence, which is known as Kingian nonviolence. And that's what, and we'll be able to, you know, and talk about the services that we provide for the community, because we got a lot of different services. There's a lot of things that people don't know about us, uh, our, our organization, and which uh, differentiates us from a lot of the other uh, violence uh, prevention or intervention organizations that are out there because we're based on Kingians, uh, the Kingian philosophy of nonviolence, so we share all of that. Okay. Appreciate it. Yeah. Well, thank you so much again, and um, I'll be hearing from you soon. Yep, yep, definitely. Peace and blessings. Peace and blessings. Hello, hello, new poet. Hello? Hello? Yeah, what's up? Hey, who this is uh, Reggie, a.k.a. Tyrus. It's who? Say it again. Tyrus. Tyrus? Yep. That's your poetry name, your stage name? For now. Oh, for now. Okay. So, here are the rules for Poetic High. Um, you're going to say two poems. You're going to tell us what made you write the poem, uh, what inspired you to write it, and um, you're going to give us a piece of gem at the end of something that that somebody else could use that's listening right now that may be in a hard situation, maybe stress, maybe suicidal thoughts. Or just having a bad day. So um, go ahead and tell us where you're from. Um, from Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, yeah. What made you get into poetry? I've been into poetry for, I don't know, since as long as I can remember. Um, my dad had was making beats and trying to be a production uh, member when he was, you know, when I was growing up. And so I always hear, you know, the music and stuff like that. And I just got into poetry. Then I started, you know, exploring it more in high school. And then, you know, when I got into the military and everything like that, uh, it just writing became very therapeutic. You know, I was always, you know, pretty good at writing, but poetry just, it hit different. Um, I let it go, but, you know, I've been back on it for the last couple of weeks, and, uh, yeah. Okay. So is there any life event that made you go back to poetry currently right now? <sighs> Honestly, um, the state of our men in, in, in our country you know, I see, like, you know, a lot of guys are lonely. A lot of people are lonely. Um, I don't know. It just encouraged me to, to write, hop on panels, just 
try to talk to people. Let them know it's okay. Okay. Well, I can see that. Um, well, go ahead with your first piece and, and tell us why you wrote it, or you can tell us after you um, present the piece. It's up to you. And don't be All shy because right, so ain't nobody gonna... watching you. That's fine. Uh, all right, so my first poem is called Am I in a Dream? All right. <laughs> Am I in a dream where the evil is plotting villainous schemes in the way in which my soul is crushed and grinded like the herb I inhale to release an unholy steam that dwells deep within my being? I ask again, am I in a dream? You see, my visions aren't what they seem, and it appears to be, at least to me, that dreams are more like nightmares, based in reality, filled with darkness while my mind drops hints of what our world could be. What if it's a sign that I need to fight the schemes and the dank memes and all the conspiracies in our societies, like arguing about steel beams, sexuality, masculinity, feminism, and all that other stuff in between? Whether it's in a dream, nightmare, or reality, I can't explain this calling. Yet I seem to take steps to fulfill this journey that I still can't describe. But I know people are hurting. So what do I do? How can I finally see? Is this the correct path or evil forces at play trying to manipulate me? <laughs> or maybe it's just the dank weed currently doing doing the speaking through me, which is why I continuously ask if I'm in a dream. And so the reason I I wrote it like that is because that was what I was telling you about the the urge to write, like, yeah. is is my vision or is my feeling valid or is it misplaced? And that was just me writing that down, and it, and it came out like that. Okay. Thank you for that. It was a beautiful piece. I am in a dream. I can say, I can definitely see where you can um... – kind of get conflicted with, with reality and what's really going on and, and what you're dreaming about. Um, they have in some in some crazy scientist's mind, they state that in your dreams um, it exists on another realm, like in the matrix to a mm-hmm. certain extent is what they say. I don't know how real that is, but I've heard it enough to ha- it must have some truth to it if a lot of people are talking about it. Is what I think I've heard about. that too. So, it's almost like a different dimension. Yeah. So I don't know if I've personally ever been there, but I'm pretty sure whatever I'm manifesting exists um, maybe, you know, in the future or there's something that I can't see. So I can, um, I can, I can see that being a real thing. So um, fun fact, being this, poet that we're speaking with right now because he has a his new poetry name. I know him as something else because we were deployed together. <laughs> He's coming Reggie, on the show. Everyone. My real name is Reggie. <laughs> Reggie. Reggie. I didn't want to put you out like that because I didn't know if that's what he's going to because, you know, everybody is something different. So I was really kind of shocked when you were like, because I've been doing poetry on this show for about two years now. And he's never been like, I want to do some poetry. So today was like the first time that he, you know, he mentioned it a couple weeks back. And I was just like, okay, let me remind him that the show is today. And I'm surprised, guys, that he's actually on here. We got like 100,000 people listening on uh, any given night. 
Um, we're all over the world, actually. We have Europe. We have Japan. We have a lot of different people listening to us tonight. Um, for the last year, I have been, like, the top poetry show on Blog Talk Radio, which is really cool. And mm. I've sold out pretty much all of my puff and poetry shows, which I don't – are you in the state, or what state are you currently living in? I'm I'm in Ohio, but you know I follow you on uh, Facebook and everything. I just man, I just got to say, like you doing your thing. I'm so happy for you, man. Well, thank you, because I I was like, oh yeah, I smoke weed now. <laughs> well, I did before <laughs> I joined, but you know when you join, Uncle Sam, you can't say you can't smoke no more, and that's just kind of like frowned upon. So I never would do it while I was in service, right. but. He's one of the ones that I was originally stationed with in Germany. Um, go to clubs together. Yeah, that's like, I guess I was like the dude of the company or for predominantly unit. Yeah, yeah. At the club, being wingman for a lot of people. <laughs> uh, but we had fun, though. We had fun. So, uh, yeah. yeah, I was just really happy that he came onto the show. Um, I guess actually you're the first, my first uh, battle buddy that's actually been on the show. Now I've met other poets from different states that I've lived in come on to the show, like Hawaii yeah. when I was doing the shows out there. But he's the first actual like battle buddy that's actually called the show. So I'm really happy and excited today. I just want everybody to know that this is oh, you know, an old time, 10 plus year battle buddy that's on. Um, Portica tonight, so you know we have to give him a round of applause for showing up. What you say? Thank you for inviting me. I mean, you you're putting in the work. You're the one putting the operation together. It's just so just amazing. Thank you. Um, the the last couple, well, no, I would say last summer was a little different, but I spent a lot of time on the island. So I really didn't do as many shows, but I've done five shows already um, in the, on the mainland. That's not counting in Hawaii, but it's all been really cool. So if you are in town in Chicago, um, close to a day that I'm having another show, I'm gonna have to invite you out to come smoke on some puff on some poetry with us, of course. Cause it's yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> Do you have any more poems that you want to share with us tonight? I do have one. I've been working on it. Um, But you know what? Let's just wing it. Let's just see how it goes. All right. So this one's called Tyrese the Warlock. Uh, It's kind of weird, but I like it. So uh, there's 7.5 billion people on the planet, and about half of them are men. When you average them out, my skin tone is average as hell, like a number two pencil and pens. My height is 5'10", 5'11", on a good day. My looks might be above average, but I'm still more like a John Doe or plain Jane. And I say all of this to explain that the reasons you will go insane, if you don't have a developed enough brain, you'll lose sight of this train and be the one who ends up being seen as the train wreck. You see, because I live life in a completely different context. Too many people are hyper-focused on the physicality of things while I pay attention to the mindset. The process and how I observe might appear to others as lifeless. But, yo, I promise you this, 
The result of my actions will have the audience wanting more of my stories to digest. The way I operate in life is solo dolo at its found, as foundation. Only exit out the shadows to fill a minor lust for cooperation. It's not that I gatekeep information. It's that my patience with others is, well, complicated. I don't hang in big groups. I don't advertise my personal moves and operation. Although I come around once a week to get a social reading on the congregation, I can play well with others. I'm just more comfortable by myself. The rabbit hole and research that I go that I like to go down most certainly will have others questioning my mental health. But that's all part of the process, or maybe from your perspective, part of my spell. So ask yourself, is Tyrus lying about being a warlock? And if he is, how can you tell? And that's it. You know, to be honest with you, I thought you was going to get up here with some trash, but you actually killing the game. Let me stop talking to you. Let me start talking about it. So I was oh, like, the rock ain't doing no talk, poetry I, I for real. Oh, you did. Yeah, I'm I, actually I in shock and I'm proud. I'm proud. I'm proud because I, I study poetry off of people's aggression, how they speak, their tone, how comfortable they are sitting in their words, you know, what makes a, a true spoken word like poetry and spoken word are two different things in my vocabulary but I feel like you hit the nail on every checkpoint for me considering that I didn't even know that you did poetry so I'm actually pretty impressed and pretty proud oh thank you <laughs> I appreciate I that I am I am I like real talk um do you go out to spoken word, or do you, are you trying to make this um, where people can listen to your poetry, or are you just doing this for fun, a hobby? Like, what's the you know the background for? Actually, let's back up. What's the background for the poem that you just did? What made you write that piece? Um, I was trying to. I actually wrote this poem right after the one I did, the first one, because. I was in order to gauge what I'm trying to do, I had to first come to an understanding of who I am. And so in order to properly do that, I needed to put that in some form of writing because I'm a huge believer in, hey, sometimes you just need to put the pencil to pen and you need to see the words in black and white to truly understand or at least gauge an understanding of what you're trying to do. And first I needed to see like how I gauge myself. Uh, the reason why it's called the Warlock or Tyrus the Warlock is because, well, I'm, you know, I'm a little nerd. I like World of Warcraft and stuff like that. So one of my favorite characters is always a warlock. But I always noticed how people would just, uh, I don't know, the way they would describe me be like, hey, I'm always like I'm here, but then not there. And then you don't really know what I'm doing. I'm like, okay, that's kind of, I don't know, whatever. But it's, it's one of my favorite characters, and I wrote it like this because like a warlock or like a sorcerer, right, physical appearance, they're everyday people, but their power is in the mind, right? And so you don't know that, the, the, you know, they're casting a spell, an incarnation, or maybe something else entirely. And so I just wanted to figure out, okay, if I'm having these visions and these urgings of a calling, why am I having it? Who am I? And what are the visions meant to actually be? So that's why I wrote it. 
So a warlock, is that the visions that they think as well as being a warlock? Because I've never really watched it, um, all the, the fairy tale-like so, things. I think most people, the way they describe how I operate on a day-to-day in real life, if you had to translate that to a fictional character or persona, it would be a warlock, which is just like a, a male version of a witch or a sorcerer. Okay. So they really just based off thinking about what life is bringing to them? Yeah, like uh, I'm trying to influence. First, I, I came up here just because I wanted to support you, honestly. And then but to the broader point of the motivation, it's like, okay, the reason I say warlock is because maybe there's something sinister there. And so if I'm having these urges, what if I'm actually having urges to make things worse, not better? I got to figure that out. You know what I mean? But if you're having those urges, that's God's purpose or the universe purpose, whichever one you want to call it. So I was just getting back on that point because that is amazingly true. Um, you know, if you have an urge to do something, I don't sound like people love basketball, people love to sing, people love to do all these, mm. you know, different things. And, you know, it gets their blood pumping. So that means it's there for a reason. That feeling is there for a reason. Human experience is here for a reason. So if you have that purpose or that desire, that flame, you can never go wrong when you follow that because it's just like your own intuition and it never leads you astray. Like it's always there. Unless, so I can, unless that flame was I lit by Satan. Could be led by Satan only if you follow him. Only, There's if only you one way him. to find out, though. If, yeah, but if it's in a negative entity, everything God is love. True. So if it's not in love that you're doing it, then it's not. It's it's of confusion and that's of Satan. So anything that somebody gives you is of confusion. Like I'm look at I look at that every aspect of my life if you're giving me a bunch of confusion that means that that's not for me that that's uh, of satan that's not of god because god is going to be clear and concise about something that you desire and want to do so if it's not hurting anybody Mm -hmm. else you enjoy it you feel very empowered inspired to do those things then i believe that that you're walking with god and you're walking within your purpose and when you walk in your purpose you help other people to come along the way because I always, you know, tell people, like, think about if Walmart or Target never existed, all those people wouldn't have jobs or careers or retirement packages that they they went through, you know, because they're here for Those things are here for a purpose. And you have to fulfill that purpose because and you were sent here with a ain't, vision. Ain't it crazy how I got this urges and then I come onto your platform and now you're giving me clarity, Sylvie, like, almost feels like, yeah, purpose, divine intervention. That's dope. Yeah. That's and that's exactly what we are here to do for each other. I'm I'm really excited actually that you did come on the platform. I've been getting so much love and support for the last couple of years and, you know, we've been in the newspaper, Port Capers and Puff Poetry was in Chicago Tribune. Um, we sold out all our shows. And this platform has really helped a lot of people, um, drug drug addicts, um, incarcerated people, um, suicidal, you name it, they've been on the show, they've shared their stories, and 
everybody's welcome with non-judgment. Um, but before you do get off the show tonight, I always, before anybody leaves, ask them, hey, um, what is a gem that you can give your younger self um, about life that you know now? Be far more open than you used to be, Reggie. Even though everything kind of worked out okay, at the end of the day, you cannot and will not survive doing everything solo dolo. You have, it takes a village to raise a child. It takes a community to uplift a man, um, talk to people. It's, it's never one or the other. It's always a group. That's what I'm telling my younger self. I can agree with that. I I definitely can agree with that because, you know, ego and pride will kill you. Yep. It'll tear everything up. And men struggle with that because you guys are told to be so superior and strong and all the other things that you guys have to deal with. Yeah, like, I, as a woman, yeah. I already have it hard enough, you know, but I know, you know, Men have it um, just as hard, if not harder, trying to figure out their path here. But that's why we're supposed to work together as a team um, to uplift each other, men and females. So um, I'm happy that you called in. And I love your poetry. Um, so I don't know when you come into the next Puffin Poetry Show, but do you do you memorize your poetry? Uh, I, I try to. I do both. Um, I try to at least, uh, if I'm going to read it straight up, at least do it a, a bunch of times so I don't mess up too much. But uh, I do like to try to, you know, memorize it too as well. So a little bit both. Okay. Okay, that's pretty dope. I appreciate that. Um, I just started to memorize my poetry, so I'm no better than the next person. But I'm really yeah, proud of it because me. it took me so long. <laughs> It took me so long to uh, memorize my poetry, so I'm really grateful that I'm able to do that now. Um, Yeah, but I'm happy that you came on. Um, If you want to be followed or if you want to announce your Instagram, Facebook, YouTube channel, whatever you got out there that you want people to follow, make sure you let them know right now so so you can get your people to come through for you. Uh, if anybody wants to follow me, you can find me on IG at Tarus, T-A-R-O-O-S underscore zero five. Um, find me on IG and then from there you can find me anywhere. But, uh, again, thank you so much. I'm, it's so amazing what you're doing. Thank you for inviting me to your platform. Uh, yeah, hopefully I could, hopefully I'll be back. Okay, no problem. Thank you for calling in. We appreciate you. You too. Have a good night. You too. Peace and blessings. Well, 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 guys. We had two poets in the building. Um, It's your girl, I am Genesis, 3-Y-E-M underscore Genesis on IG, Genesis Silverman on Facebook. Also got a clothing, candles, sage um, on Shopify. It's 3-Y-E-M Genesis Poetry. 
Um, like the first book in the Bible. If you read the Bible, you know it's G E N E S I S. I'm getting to your Bible, guys. Um, God speaks to you through people, places, things. Um, the universe is always there. No matter what, it's going to work out in your favor. I can promise you that. And you guys never to be stressed about life because the journey is going to be here today, tomorrow, as long as God gives you a breath in your body. And today, um, actually yesterday, I don't know who, I don't even exactly remember who I was talking to, but the word just hit me so hard. So I just have to share this to the platform. So they were stating, oh, it was my auntie. Okay, there we go, my tita. So I was speaking with her yesterday, and she was stating that, you know, God blesses you with these children if you do have children because, you know, I have uh, mother's guilt sometime, and, and I'm going to do a poem to close the, uh, the show out tonight, and it's based off of this. I have a lot of mother's guilt. I have two children. I have a 10-year-old daughter, and I have a 2-year-old son, and I love them dearly. And sometimes it's overwhelming to be a mom, a single mom, and to do this every day and to try to love every day. And But you don't have time to love yourself as much as you would like to love yourself. And I was getting on myself, like, you know, being a single mom, trying to make these better choices and things like that. But then, you know, my auntie really clarified some things for me, and it made me feel better. It may make you feel better, um, ladies or single dads out there, whatever the case may be. But she stated, she said, you know, you are the vessel that brings your children here as a woman. You're the vessel. You don't own your children. You don't owe them anything. And I was thinking to myself, like, yeah, we do. We have to own, you know, give them stuff because they didn't ask to be here. But she said, are we responsible or are do we have any say-so in their death? And I was like, no, you don't have any say-so in anybody's death. And she said, exactly. God calls you home when he's ready for you to come home. And it's his say-so whether you're here and it's his, it's his say-so when you leave. And I just put a lot of, you know, interpretation on how I was feeling and what I was thinking at that time because, that is true. I have no say-so in when God calls my children home. I just brought them here so they can complete their purpose and and bring forth their vision that God gave them or the universe, whatever word you want to say, gave them to foresee amongst the people. And it was such a beautiful terminology on how she, she posed it. It just made me feel a lot better about the choice that I've made and my children are, are supposed to be here because, you know, God makes no mistakes. And this is my journey and this was already ordained, it's already written. So walking around sad or frustrated, it's a human experience. You're supposed to have that and that's great. Um, but to enjoy it when it's sad and when it's happy and joyful, not just you know, talking to God when you're upset, but even when you're happy. So here's the poem that I wrote to this. I was going through a lot. Um, my last pregnancy was rough on my body. Six months after I had my son, you know, I was still having a lot of uh, pains and physical therapy and things like that. But, you know, birth is a beautiful thing. You bring children here, but you also risk your life in doing so. People don't understand that. So um, 
as a woman, we understand and we can understand your pain. Who who has given birth to our beautiful children? So here's a poem about postpartum. All right. It goes like this. Last year, I ran into postpartum, my French, that shit had me so sick. Body covered in judgment, bruised, but never broken. Talk big shit, but never spoke it. Yes, I'm blessed, covered in stress. Topped off with a motherfucker that gave you less. See, postpartum, my fucking French. Mood swinging through motherhood. I thought you never understood. Became depressed because I needed deep breath. So relentless. I wouldn't recommend it. To the ladies, make sure you marry before you carry. And that's in poem. Peace and blessings to you and your family. I thank you so much for listening to Poetic High Thursdays. Without you guys, there would not be an us. I promise I'm going to continue to bring more content. Um, I've been on this journey called Life Was Healing and Mental Stability and physical stability and just learning to self-love and to create peace and love for me and my children and whoever along that wants to come to the journey and be a part of Poetic High or Puffin Poetry, also Zoetic Island is coming. This summer I spent a lot of time on the island. For the people that's just now listening in, I'm on the island in the middle of Aurora, uh, Fox Valley River. Um, you know, I'm developing it, releasing butterflies. You know, it's going to be a great atmosphere to host weddings, uh, bachelorette parties, um, birthday parties, family reunions, you name it, we can have it there. Um, it's it's a creative space where you can come and take some amazing pictures and be amongst the nature. So um, if you're interested, make sure you hit me up at 3YEM underscore Genesis on Instagram. Also, it's Zoetic Island, Z-O-E-T-I-C dot I-S-L-A-N-D dot L-L-C, also on Instagram. Um, so you can check out the island. Um, our next Puffin Poetry Show, I'm currently looking for a facility to host our show because it's getting so big that we need bigger space, more bathrooms, more parking, um, you know. So make sure you support us and tune in for another Poetic High Presents Puffin Poetry two weeks from now. And I will be posting it on my page as well as um, sending it out through Radio Rail, who will be on the next show. Also, I almost forgot, guys, I have a book signing January 21st at Half Price Books in Downers Grove, Illinois. It's 1328 Butterfield Road, Downers Grove, Illinois, 605. Again, it's 1328 Butterfield Road. Um, the book is called Thunderstorms Were Meant to Be My Friend. You can also find it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Book Patch, if you guys are interested in Thunderstorms Were Meant to Be My Friend. So I'm about to um, play you out to one of the songs here, and we're about to um, peace and blessings.
Like what's that gonna be? 